We're going to be in the book of Philippians today, and we're on this series on knowing God. And we've talked a lot about knowing God is not about uh, theology or doctrine. It's not about church or being religious. It's not about heaven. It's about having a personal relationship with the living God through the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what Jesus described it as. That's not Jamie's opinion. And we've been talking about we know God, we grow in it by, by worshiping and by learning to listen to his voice and, and pay attention. But I want to give you a, a foundation to stand on. In fact, the only foundation that you can stand on to be able to say, I know God. I want to I help you understand that, that if, if you know God, then there's nothing else you can boast in but him. And what does it mean to boast in Jesus? It's the only way that you'll ever get to know God. So if you'll look with me in Philippians chapter 3, Paul is going to kind of look back in his past life. Now remember that a lot of this is religious cultural stuff for a Jew that won't relate to us. But you can relate to performance and achievement and what it means to try to excel in your own abilities and your own strength. And Paul's going to tell us how he moved his confidence from bragging about what he's done to learning to brag about what Jesus has done. So we're going to jump in and he's warning them about these guys going around telling Christians, well, you can't be a real Christian if you're not circumcised. Well, that doesn't mean anything in our culture. Whether you're circumcised or not, I don't want to know and I don't care. And so it doesn't matter, you know, but it mattered in their culture. It was a badge of belonging. It was a religious uh, uh, achievement. And, and so he's going to list a number of those. And so you can put it in our own categories of things we do to try to achieve our own standing and our own righteousness and our own abilities. So chapter 3, verse 2, he says, Watch out for the dogs, those men who do evil, the mutilators of the flesh. Verse 3, for it is we who are the circumcision who worship in the Spirit of God, which is what we just did. It's not about the music or the words or the sound. It's a sense that he's here, that he is leading us in worship, that he's breathing on us in worship, that we're saying, pour your spirit out. We're not trying to bring some sacrifice to get God's attention. He's already given us his attention. We came in the name of Jesus. So he says, we're those who worship by the spirit of God, who glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. To glory in Jesus is more than just saying, I praise the Lord. To, the word glory here is the word for brag or boast. It can be in a bad way, bragging in a bad way, or it can be bragging in a good way. If you'll hold your place here and turn with me real quick, we're going to come right back, but go to the Old Testament, the book of uh, the prophet Jeremiah chapter 9. Jeremiah gives us great word of warning about be careful what you boast in, what you're bragging in. Remember, boasting equals what you've put your confidence in. So you brag about what you're confident about. You brag about what you're confident in. Okay, so Jeremiah comes out and he says this in chapter 9, verse 23. This is what the Lord says. Let not the wise man boast in his wisdom, or the strong man boast in his strength, or the rich man boast of his riches. 
But let him who boasts, boast about this, that he understands and he knows me, that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on the earth. For in these I delight, declares the Lord. Let him who boasts, boast about this, that he understands and he knows me. Someone made fun of me in my group. They have permission to do that because I'm there. And if you're making fun of me with me not there, then that's not good. Shame on you. But in my group, uh, some of you that were on the video the first week, I was in our group session with asking what jumped out at you first before we go to the discussion questions. Often we never make it to the discussion questions because things the Holy Spirit brings up. And of course, all of them said what jumped out at you first was the frog. So those of you that paid attention to it know what I'm talking about. The others you miss out. So, but later in the, in the group, I, I had this childlike moment. I'm watching myself because we shot it, you know, two months ago. And I was in another, you know, and so we shoot the DVD and in it, I'm getting excited, but I said, I'm talking about knowing God, and I'm like, I know him. I know him. Well, someone related that to the elf when someone pointed out Santa, and the elf says, I know him. I know him. Santa, he's my friend. I know him. And I thought, well, that's not a bad, that's not a bad application, because he did know Santa, and, and then he met the false Santa, and he knew he was an imposter. He said, you're not Santa. I know Santa. You're not. That's how with knowing God gives you discernment of what isn't God. And so <laughs> I could go nine trails down Santa land, and I'm going to avoid all nine of them. So Jeremiah says, listen, don't brag about being smart. I don't care what your degree is. I don't care what college you graduate. I don't care how much you know. If you don't know God, you don't know nothing. You can brag about it all day long, intimidate other people. We live in a culture that just worships education and people that are smart like they know. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. So if you don't know God and you're real smart, you're stupid. And if you're not real smart and you know God, you're smart. I mean, the wise in their own eyes mock us that say God made everything. And they have no answer but a big bang, which they don't know where it came from. And out of that big bang came complicated, complex DNA. It's, it's foolishness. Don't boast in your strength, he says. Don't boast in how you, what you can accomplish. What, it's not just your physical abilities, but it's your, your abilities to build successful life. Don't brag about that. Don't brag about wealth. As though you made it happen. You say, well, I did all the work. I did. That's someone that doesn't understand what grace is all about. So here's this don't boast about anything profit except in God. Now come back with me to the book of Philippians where Paul says, don't, I, I, we glory in, here's our boast. It's only in Jesus. And then he's going to say, now there's things that you shouldn't have confidence in that I used to, he says. In verse four, in the end of verse three, he says, we, we boast or we glory in Jesus Christ and we put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reasons for such confidence. 
Now he's going to list some things that to some, some of these won't mean anything to us, but in his culture, they were accolades. Like he was the best of the best. I mean, if he was the, he's the MVP of the Pharisee Super Bowl, if you will. He, he won the, 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 the Super Bowl of being religious. And he says, if anyone thinks he's reason to put confidence in the flesh, I've got more reason. Number one, he said, I was circumcised on the eighth day. That's the Jewish requirement. He said, I, I was of the people of Israel. They're the elite people. He didn't do an M23. Is that what it's called? Me 23. He didn't do an me. He 23 me. Well, there it is. Well, let's get it right. Which seems like I got that as a present, but neglected by the time I got around to doing it, it expired. So I don't know who I am. I didn't know where I come from. But Paul knew where he's from. He's of the elite Israel. And in that tribe, he's of the tribe of Benjamin. He's one of the special. He's special. And then he says, I'm a Hebrew of the Hebrews. In other words, if you try to be a Jew, I'm a better Jew. I'm the best Jew you'll ever find. I'm, 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 I'm the most religious, the most self-made, accomplished religious person. And not just that. According to the law, I'm a Pharisee. These are the strictest of the strict. They didn't eat this. They didn't eat that. They didn't touch this. They didn't touch that. They didn't do this on the Sabbath. They didn't do that. They wouldn't get near this person, and they would stay away from that person. They would never say a bad word, though they curse other people, which always gets me. Christians say, he said a bad word. Your mouth is so foul the way you talk about other people. God would rather you cuss like a sailor than talk about other people. Let me just help you. He could care. Oh, oh, that hurt. Well, good. Sometimes you need to be hurt. I'll never forget. I preached the paint off the wall. Had someone came to G, a bunch of people came to Jesus. And there one standing in front of me weeping, and this religious Pharisee comes up to me and interrupts us and said, you know what you did in the sermon today? I'm like, I, I, I don't know, but this person just came to Jesus right here, and obviously that means nothing, that meant nothing to them because they choked on a gnat because I said, oh, my God, in the message. And that's a foul way to use God's name. And I said, really? You interrupted me to say that? I wanted to give four different F word, bomb, blow her up. And I said, you want to think that's bad? Let me give you some real bad language if you're worried about bad language right now. But this is what happens to this, this mindset over here is I don't do this, this, or this like these people You'll see that in a, in a minute. And, and Paul's celebrating, it seems like, all these religious accomplishments. He says, I'm a Pharisee of the strictest sect. As for zeal, I persecuted the church. He's bragging about this. Now he's looking backwards with his blinders on. He's saying, this is what it felt like. I was so zealous that I was putting people in prison and killing people. Is there something wrong with your religion if you think you kill people and God wanted you to do it? Someone has said, you know, you probably are in some serious deception when God hates all the same people you hate. God doesn't hate any of them. He's mad at you for hating them. It's the old adage of we'll have peace when we kill everybody that's against peace. No, 
You don't accomplish in, in, in your own strength. That's what Paul's saying. If I wanted to brag about being a good dude, I've been on the religious hamster wheel trying to make God happy my whole life. I've eaten only what God told me to eat. I drank only what God told me to drink. I didn't let dirty words come out of my mouth. I didn't go to bad places. I never broke the Sabbath. I know, he, he's got his list before God, but it, in the middle of it, he doesn't understand the depth of the darkness of his heart. He's not been into the abyss and seen the seeds, the malignant seeds that lie in all of our hearts, that he could persecute Jesus that he could be persecuting those that love Jesus and think somehow that God was happy with him. He says, I persecuted the church as for legalistic righteousness. I was faultless. He's got this arrogant, self-righteous robe that he's wrapped himself in, and he thinks that God accepts him based on all that he's accomplished. But, verse 7, but... But, this is like, he's taking a hard right turn. But, whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. So you got this pile of what I've accomplished, and then over on this side, you have finding Jesus. And he says, what is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all things. I consider them. Now, the, the King James, the, 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 the Bible translators are going to get a little religious here. They're, they're, from, they're obviously were New Englanders. And they, they said, I consider them rubbish. Isn't that a fine word? The word in the Greek language is scupola. And it means the maggot-infested, garbage, rotten thing. I, I drove behind a garbage truck. I happen to have a Jeep with no AC. So it's all AC by God as you drive along. It's a soft top. And I was stuck in traffic going across the aisle in Matt Lachey, and it's this foul, it's a gar, you know, he's doing his job. He didn't do anything wrong, but he's just toting all of my maggot-infested garbage as well as everybody else's. And I'm smelling that smell. It's just like you can't get around him. I can't slow down because people are behind me. I could have pulled over. I give, I give you that. that I, but I'm too impatient to have done that. So I just complained in my mind the whole way. And then it hit me. This is what Paul was talking about. If you come over to this pile and you describe how it smells to God, he says it's like riding behind a garbage truck. It's foul. The word either means garbage that's thrown out to the dump for the, the wild dogs to eat, or it can, in the old King James Version, it translated it dung. Because the word scupola can mean human dung. Caca, if you're Spanish. And when, you know, in Spanish, that's the S word. I can say it here because it sounds so endearing, like, little baby, go caca. And I tried that in Mexico in a church, and I, I used caca, and, and the pastor took me aside and said, you know, caca, here's a bad word. I said, well, for us, it means like poo-poo, little, little bit caca. He said, don't mean that here. And they don't care what it meant to you. Don't say it again. So you know the word scupola means... So you can say 
you can start using that word and feel right. No one, no, no religious person's going to judge you. And you say, he's full of scupula. So they don't know. What does that mean? Scupula happens. I mean, you can, you can have a whole Christian wardrobe. No one will judge you because they don't know what it means unless they go to the vineyard and they have the deep understanding of the word scupula. Paul says, when, you, when I look at this pile compared to meeting Jesus, this pile is beyond garbage. It's foul. It smells of me. It smells of my arrogance and my pride. Look, look what God thinks. In Isaiah the prophet, chapter 64, look at this verse. It's a haunting verse when, to, for people that are performance-driven, thinking they've got to make God like them. He says, God says, and, and it's Isaiah. Is, are we awake back there? Here we go. Come on. Here we go. We're on it. Offsides. Number, what is that? Number 40, 48. That's the only time you get recognition, so they wait until I, I have to call on them and then say, thank you for doing a great job and waking Pastor Jason up because he was napping back there. All of us have become like one who is unclean. All our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf, and like the wind, our sins sweep us away. When you think of uh, filthy rags can mean one or two things. This is not Jamie's idea. I'm not trying to gross you out. It's just Bible. It can either mean the rags that wrap around the leper's oozing sores, putrefied, smelly sores, lepers that had to announce they're unclean, couldn't live among people. It's leper's rags that they burned, or it's a lady's time of the month rag, and that's considered unclean uh, in that culture and their, their laws. He says, next time you look at that, I've really impressed God with your own goodness, your own achievement, your own wisdom. He says, smells really bad. I'm not impressed. Doesn't please me. So Paul says, I've learned that all this hard work, all this sacrifice, all this denying, all this is nothing compared to knowing Jesus. Now, he's going to give us how that affects him to stand before Christ. In verse 9, he says, and to be found in him, in Christ, not having a righteousness that's my own, that I can brag about. I did that. I didn't do that. I'm better than them. Self-righteousness is wicked. Someone has said that most people have enough religion to make them hate other people. Not enough religion to make them love those that are unlovable. Paul says, I found something that's not mine. I can brag about all day. He says, I found in him a righteousness that's not mine that comes by the law but which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God, and it's by faith. Paul says, I've discovered a goodness that's good enough for God to be pleased forever. And I didn't do anything to get it. It's grace. It's a gift. I had to, had to give up on mine, though. It, it, he didn't add Jesus to his pile. This is what many people do. I'm not that bad of a person. I've never robbed a bank. 
I've never done this or that. And I, I'm going to add Jesus to my already good pile of good deeds. Paul says you can't have Jesus and your pile of rubbish too. I'm, now I'm using the word. Let's go back to dung. Rubbish. Take out the rubbish. It's garbage. It's foul. Jesus isn't going to crawl on top of your pile so you can stand a little higher. You've got to let go of anything you've done that you would have confidence in that when you stand before God and he says, why should I let you into my heaven? If you go to that pile and that's your answer, I've tried to be good. I've tried to be better than others. I didn't do that. I haven't done this. I did do that. And you think that's going to get God to let you in? You don't know God. You can't know God if you don't brag on Jesus as your everything for how you got to know God. That's why he gets all the glory. That's why he gets all the praise. It's the work he's done, not the work I've done. Now, I want you to go with me real quick, Luke 18. I want to illustrate with two people that will illustrate this point as good as I, 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 you can find it anywhere. Luke 18, verse 9. Jesus tells about two folks. Could have been someone just like Paul and then maybe someone like some of us. <clears throat> to some who were confident in their own righteousness. That's this pile right here. You know, I'm, I'm not perfect, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm better than... I, I've worked real hard, and I, I, here's my list, and you'll see this guy gives his list to God. He's confident. He's confident that you've been good enough. Are you confident you've been good enough? How good is good enough? Is it, is it a B minus? Good enough? How about a, does he grade on a curve? Because there's a lot of bad people in the world that make your grade go up. And if you can't find them, read the news. This guy does. How good is good enough? Perfect. Perfect. And the only one was Jesus. So too good of the temple. This guy's, he's got his head up. He's confident. I've been good. I'm righteous in my own effort. And he looks down on other people. Now there's a good sign of somebody that's leaned into self-righteousness. Now, they may not brag about it outwardly, but there's this disdain for other people that, have, that they're not as wise as you've been. They're not as strong as you. Why don't they just get a job? Why don't they just do this? And, and, and not knowing what the uphill battle is for some people especially if they have a criminal record or if they have strikes against them. But, but we look down on sinners as though we're not one when you're dressed in your own goodness, your own achievements. He looks down on this guy. Who's he looking down on? Verse 10, two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. You've got to understand, think hated person. Hated. They were vicious, notoriously greedy. 
They were empowered by Rome to get taxes for Rome and whatever else they could get from you. Nobody, nobody liked them. They had no place for them in their hearts because they're better than him. I just would think of Hunter Biden here. You say, he won't get off that Hunter Biden thing. I want to hate Hunter Biden. Well, you can and go to hell. It's your choice. You can learn to love the unlovable, which takes a miracle of God's grace, and know that you could have been Hunter Biden. There's everything in you that's in him. There's seeds of horrible evil in all of our hearts. Got real quiet. Doesn't it feel better to hate somebody that's wicked? Yeah, you feel good. You feel like you're better than they are. If you think you're better than Hunter Biden, you're not going to heaven. You can't get to heaven by being better than somebody that's bad. You can't get to heaven by self-righteously judging someone that's broken and flawed and corrupted. Yes, all of those things are true. But when he prays, how does God look at him? Well, I'll show you how God looks at him. In verse 11, the Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself. That's not a good prayer. When the content of your prayer is how good you are, how smart you are, how God ought to listen to you more often. You know, prayer is not bragging about your accomplishments. Prayer is a act of complete surrender and humility unless religious people turned it into a show of performing and look at me. I'm really a spiritual person because I pray spiritual prayers. I thank you, God, he stands up and says, I'm not like other men. Then he has categories. Again, self-righteous people live in categories. And they're never in the category. It's always categories. It's like my mother growing up. My mother tried to make me eat all kinds of nasty stuff. Peas. They were frozen, came out of a bag. They didn't even look real. We had knockdown drag outs out of eating those frozen peas. They were little, little, I'd rather, I couldn't tell, it was just horrible. As I got older, I'd have mom over and we'd have baked beans. And mom said, no thanks, I don't eat baked beans. I said, really? Give her a big pile. You're not leaving the house till you eat those baked beans. You'll sit right there till every one of those baked beans are gone. She never served them because she didn't like them. That's her prerogative, and parents do that. You say, how did you get that out of this story here? <laughs> Categories. I'm not like other men, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector, this Hunter Biden. I fast twice a week. That's pretty commendable. That's intimidating. I've had friends that fast a lot. And, you know, when you're not a person of great discipline, fasting is pretty intimidating. It is. But if you fast to get God to like you or to get God to think you're special, you just wasted your time. Go get a Big Mac and praise Jesus. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all I get 
Tithing is a great spiritual principle. The Bible teaches this. Some of you haven't learned that discipline. But you can start tithing and thinking God's going to like you better. And you're back over here in this foul-smelling pile of you're not going to buy God's affection and attention. He does. Now, tithe, you tithe because everything you've got. Listen, when you tithe and if you brag about it, let me tell you how stupid it is. You gave 10% back to God who gave you 100% of everything you got. Now, if you think you got it all on your own, God bless you. You're in for a rude awakening when tomorrow you can't get out of bed. Self-righteousness says, I earned the money. Grace says, everything I've got has been a gift of God. If I made a right decision, though I thought it might have been me, it was his mercy that let me make a right decision. God wants not to, because here, if I can boast in anything that drives a wedge between me and Jesus, if, 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 if anything in me that says I don't need him because I can do this in my strength, my power, my wisdom, my discipline. Listen, when somebody overcomes a bondage in their own strength, they're obnoxious people to be around. They're just obnoxious. I just throw it down. Smoked for 30 years and just decided that's it. Threw it, gave it to Jesus and threw it down. I always say to them, why don't you give your tongue to Jesus and just throw that down? Because you're still smoking it. I'm glad you got victory. But if you got victory in your own strength, which people do all the time, guess who gets the glory? I, me, my. When you come to Jesus and get set free from something, you know the only way you got set free from it was Jesus. And you brag on it. Hallelujah. He came and set me free where I'd have never gotten free. Only Jesus can be bragged on. And God smiles. And that's our standing. So this, this, this self-righteous guy's over here praying this prayer, thinking God's smiling, God's impressed. God has to hold his nose. So you smell like garbage or worse. Then a long ways away, this is the other guy. Verse 13, the tax collector stood at a distance. He wouldn't even look up to heaven. Why? Because he's a loser and he knows it. Most people that are broken sinners know it. You don't have, Jesus never went around telling broken sinners, you're a broken sinner. It's like walking in a hospital in an ICU going, you're really sick. You're sick. And you're sick. You're in trouble. You're sick. And you're sick. People in ICU units know they're sick. We get it wrong. The ones he went around and said, you're sick, were the people over here in this pile of goodness that didn't see the arrogance of their pride and the lack of their love and that their pride just is an offense to God and that in their own strength, they think they can save themselves when it's all of Jesus or none of Jesus. And so this guy, this guy, this is where most, a lot of people start here with this guy, but be careful because you can have confidence in your flesh being bad, thinking God could never change you. That's where I was. I wasn't over here self-righteous. I'm over here. I'm a mess. I'm broken. I'm lost. I'm wicked. And the enemy said, yes, you are, and God could never love you. See, that's putting a different kind of confidence. 
It's a confidence in my badness is greater than the confidence in his mercy. And so some of you are stuck here. You're like, I could never get out of this because I never could be that. First of all, he doesn't want you to be that. Because when God pulls you out of the, the miry clay and he puts your feet on a rock and he puts a new song in your heart, you're going to sing to Jesus that took you out of the miry pit, not singing, I never was in a miry pit. So sometimes I found it in my own life. I started over here like the tax collector. And I discovered the mercy of God, the grace of God. But the more I was around church, the more I got Bible knowledge, the more I was successful in a human sense, I started moving over here. It happens. It happens. I'm over here. I'm like, wow. I give God all the glory, but, you know, I'm doing the hard work. I never would say that publicly. But you just deceive yourself into thinking, you know, why is this guy over here, this pastor, he's not doing, he's not as smart as I am. He's not, he's not done it. Let me tell him how to do it. And I don't know what his world is. And if I was living where he's living, I may not even still be in the ministry. And so I see you get puffed up. And I, you find yourself bragging in yourself in a subtle way. Listen, when you've been around long enough, you learn how to brag in humble ways. Come on. It's still Pride. We just dress it up a little nicer. But God doesn't look at it any better than the guy bragging about himself. And so sometimes God brings us back to this place where he found us. Not that that's where we are in his eyes, but that's who we are without Christ. The moment if God took his hand from me and, and the energy, the strength, and the life of Christ, if I step out of that, I can become a Hunter Biden on steroids. So could you. And if you don't think you could, beware when you think you stand, lest you fall. Pride goes before a fall and a haughty spirit before destruction. When you judge another and you say how horrible they are and how godless they are and how wicked they are, be careful that you're not setting yourself up for your own crash so that you can learn afresh. There's nothing good in you but Jesus. So this guy, he's got his head down. He's broken. He doesn't think God's even listening. Why would God listen to me? I don't fast. I eat all the wrong stuff. I steal money from people. I've robbed people. I've been, have had people beaten. Tax collectors could call in soldiers and have people beaten to get the taxes out of them. I've sent people off to poor man's prayer. Whatever he's done. What, I don't know what he's done. I don't know how he ended up in the temple. But I know that God's happy. Because it says in verse 13, the tax collector stood at the distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. He said, I'm going to take a risk here. I got nothing to boast in. I got no confidence, no wisdom, no strength, no riches that can buy me what I need. I need God's favor. And the only way to get it is to appeal to mercy. I need mercy. And that's the weak point of God. There's nobody that ever cries for mercy that God doesn't respond. There are people that he doesn't give mercy to because they don't need it. 
This guy over here didn't get mercy. You know why? Didn't need it. God's not going to give mercy to someone that says, I don't really need it. I'm pretty good. It blows my mind when I ask people, is there anything I can pray for? And they have nothing. 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 Think if I asked you this morning, and I didn't, I didn't ask anybody, you know, I'm picking on you. But if I said, hey, is there anything I can pray for you about? No, I'm good. No, no, you're not good. You got a wife? Yeah, yeah. How's she? Oh, she's good. I'd rather ask her then. She'd probably pray for you. You got any kids? You got grandkids? By the way, it's grandparent weekend day. So how many grandparents in the room? Let me see. Wow. Happy grandparent day. I bless you as a grand. How many great grandparents? Wow. Any great, great grandparents? I said great, great. <laughs> Just messing with you. We haven't entered the great yet. And keep the pressure on. We're not running a race to get in that category. If grandparenting rocked our world, didn't it? Did it? Their first grandchild, did it not rock your world? It's like, oh my God, this is unbelievable. Why did I have children? I should have just had grandchildren. What a waste. I could have skipped all the hell we went through and gone right to grandparenthood. Wow. This guy says, have mercy on me, I'm a sinner. Now look at God's appraisal, and we'll close with this. This is how God, the story ends. Verse 14, I tell you that this man, this Hunter Biden, that repented, by the way. I'm not advocating uh, somebody is walking with Jesus when they haven't repented. I'm just saying uh, any wickedness, there's none beyond his reach. I believe Ted Bundy got led to Jesus by James Dobson in, uh, in prison. He was a serial killer. He ate people. You're going to stand beside him and worship Jesus. And you know what he's going to brag about? Jesus. And if you don't find room to stand there with him, there's no other place to stand. The only place we can stand is in the mercy of God. It's the miracle of the gift of righteousness that Christ paid it all. He said, I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. He, he was right. He, he didn't get it all. He didn't understand what Paul's teaching on. He will. He just went home happy. He had a feeling like, God forgave me. I, he didn't kill me. I think he likes me. He went home happy. The other guy didn't go home happy. You can't be happy on the wheel of performance of religious trying to prove things. There's not joy in that. There's, it's, it's, it's overwhelming. How, when is good good enough? When, I got a, one more thing. This guy went home. Do you think he went home judging other people? No. He went home happy that God loved him. It's a miracle. He didn't love himself, but he found a God that loved him. And God gives us this principle, Jesus does. Everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. See, 
this is the performance of achievement is exalting ourselves. Look what I did. Look what I've done. Look what I accomplished. Look, look at what I haven't done. Look what I avoided. I've never been through this, and I didn't go through that. I don't have a criminal record, and I don't, you know, whatever it is that makes you feel better than other people. This guy over here, he's got no, he's got a rap sheet to offer God. You taking criminals? Got a rap sheet. You don't care? You still love me? What about this fourth thing on the list? That was really bad. You, you forgive that too? And this? And it's not about me having a brag sheet? It's the sheet of Jesus over here? It's the cross? And all I've got to do is brag on Jesus? He did it all? He gave me the gift of a right standing with the God that I can know him now because I've got ground to stand on that's not sinking sand. It's, it's the ground of the love and the mercy of Jesus to made right with God. So here's what I'd say. If you know God, the only way you can is to stand on the work that Jesus Christ has done. And when you stand on that, you can lift your head and say, I brag on Jesus. Because when God says, why should I let you in, Jamie? I, I, I'm not going to say, well, you know, I, I studied the Bible. I, I quoted the Bible. I did good things for other people. I sacrificed. I, I, gave, I gave time. I gave money. I did things people never saw me do. God's going, none of that impresses me. But if I brag on Jesus, say, Father, I'm only here because the goodness of Jesus, that he's been kind to me, patient, and he's forgiven me, he's cleansed me, he's washed me, he died for me, his work, his perfect sacrifice, I brag on that. That's my only, that's my only confidence. The only confidence that I have is in Jesus, not in me. It's the only confidence any of us can have. Unless you have a false, delusional confidence in your own performance. It's just not going to make it. It doesn't impress him. Because it pushes Jesus out and all that he did. The bragging in your own says the cross was not necessary. That Jesus, his life nailed to a cross was... I'm, I'm sorry he had to do that. You didn't have to do that for me because... I got my own thing going. I'm, 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 doing, I'm doing it on my own. So it's freedom. But maybe you're over here in the I'm too bad for God category. Maybe you think, well, I can't be near him, and I can't be that close because I've, I've done these things, or I haven't done these things, or I'm still struggling with this thing. you still got to come back and find your place to stand where we all do. You stand and brag in Jesus. When you go to pray, brag on Jesus. When you go to worship, brag on Jesus. When you're struggling against sin, brag on Jesus. When you failed, brag on Jesus. When you're getting attacked, brag on Jesus. When you feel weak, brag on Jesus. When you don't know the right way to go, brag on Jesus. When you just feel like you're impoverished and you can't make, brag on Jesus. When you boast on Jesus, something good's going to happen because you've humbled yourself and you've lifted up his name. And when you lift him up, good things happen. Brag on Jesus. Let's pray. Just to, 
just between you and God online, sitting here. Just, it's just a great clarification to ask yourself the question, which is not hypothetical because it'll tell where your confidence is. It's, it, if God said, why should I let you into my heaven? What's your answer going to be? Well, I've tried. I, I, I've I made some mistakes, but I've done a lot of good things. I, I, I believe the Bible, and I even tell other people how they ought to live. And it's like, no, 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 not going to get it. There's only one answer. The tax collector found it out. It's, it's, it's mercy. It's mer- there is no other thing to boast in but the mercy of God. I say, Jesus, to know you through mercy is the greatest treasure. It's worth giving up every accomplishment, giving up every false sense of righteousness. God, knowing that we're nothing and we're filthy rags in our own abilities, but all to be able to stand dressed in the righteousness of Christ. What a gift that we can know you because we've received a righteousness that didn't come from us. It came from Jesus. Thank you, Lord. If you're here and that's you, you just, you, you, you've always thought it's been you to try to do enough. And you realize today it's just all Jesus. Then give up on all that stuff you've had. It's, it's, it's dumb. Let it go for the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus as your Lord. Just invite him right now. Come be your Lord. That your boast will only and always be in him. Just ask him right now. Thank you. Thank you. He's heard you. Thank you. You've humbled yourself. God's going to give you mercy and lift you up. Lord, we love you. We bless you. Come, Lord, give us courage for the time, this time for people to take a stand. In Jesus' name, amen.